Shalom, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehila Community Podcast. We believe the Torah is relevant for our lives today, God's teachings and instructions. You may very well be part of the first generation to be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and have the Torah, a Christian with Torah. Join us as we honor the living God through the study of His Word, topical conversations, and interviews with special guests. Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehila Community Podcast. This is Ryan Cabrera. I am your co-host here today, and I am in Studio A with Pastor Nick Plummer. Hey, Pastor Nick. Oh, it's so great to be here. Oh, man. So last week's Torah portion, as we mentioned is 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 a, a bait to heal a favorite i mean it's just an awesome tour portion um you know Vayigash. it's one of the the highest uh listened to podcasts that we've had over the years uh since we've been doing this and it and it's just an awesome awesome tour portion and if that's like the entree like the steak the meat and potatoes of um of you know identity and and who joseph is and ephraim and manasseh and all those pieces and and the relationship and reconciliation between uh jews and gentiles judah and ephraim then this tour portion is like the dessert it's like you go to a nice steakhouse and they have like a whole separate room for dessert and coffee and you get to go in there and you get to pick whatever you want. Do you want the chocolate cake? Do you want the cheesecake? Do you want the chocolate cheesecake? You know, it's like whatever you want, it's it's yours for the taking. And so this tour portion is like the dessert and coffee after a good steak dinner. And, and if that's something you're into, then you understand if you're not really into that and you're a vegan, I'm sorry for the analogy. Maybe I'll come up with something else for you later. But, uh, but it's just an awesome awesome Torah portion. We're ending the book of Genesis and it's great. But before we get into the Torah portion, I've got a couple announcements for you. Uh, This coming Shabbat, uh, which I believe is the 11th, we have uh, Pastor Matt Barber and his wife Andrea and their kids coming from Fruita, Colorado, all the way over uh, here to visit with us, which will be great. Um, Giving us uh, kind of an update on how things are going over there at at, uh, one of our sister congregations over there. We love them and uh, just, you know, want to hear what's going on with them. So they're going to give us an update and and maybe a word. And then uh, the same day, we also have a special music guest, Will Spires. And so he's also going to be, you know, leading worship that day. And, uh, and, you know, it's it's always a good time. Uh, If you don't know who Will Spires is, I encourage you to look him up um, and then also to tune in for our live stream this Shabbat. Uh, at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time at any of our channels. Um, also, uh, if you want to email me, it's ryan at twopraise.net, ryan at twopraise.net. And uh, I would really like emails from France, but of course. Uh-huh. That's right. And we want some uh, some some of the, the folks in France are listening to the podcast. I don't know who you are, and uh, I would love to know who you we are. We would love to hear back from you. Tell yeah. us what your thoughts are. Yeah, tell us tell us how you found the podcast. Um, you know what uh, what you're doing over there. If you have a community or anything like that. If there's anything that we could pray for you for, uh, specifically people in France, because uh, you guys have been listening uh, for this past month uh, in uh, in some decent numbers. So if if that's you, don't hesitate. It's Ryan at twopraise.net. That's R Y A N at T O P R A I S E dot net. Uh, and again, I would just love to hear from you. So uh, I think that's all my announcements today. We are jumping into the Torah portion, Vayechi, which means, and he lived. And this is found in the book of Genesis, starting in chapter 47 and verse 28, and going all the way to the end. That's right, folks. Today we are ending the book of Genesis. So sad. 
uh, and it ends in chapter 50 and verse 26. All right. So here we go. Uh, I'm going to read Genesis chapter 47, verses 28 through 31 as a little introduction here. We call it titled Jacob's Last Wish. Once again, the last Torah portion for the book of Genesis, which is the uh, book of beginnings. And here we go. Uh, And Jacob lived in the land of Egypt 17 years. So the whole age of Jacob was 147 years. And the time drew nigh that Israel must die. And he called his son Joseph and said unto him, If now I have found grace in thy sight, put, I pray thee, thy hand under my thigh, and deal kindly and truly with me. Bury me not, I pray thee, in Egypt. But I will lie with my fathers, and thou shalt carry me out of Egypt, and bury me in their burying place. And he said, I will do as thou hast said. And he said, Swear unto me. And he sware unto him, and Israel bowed himself upon the bed's head. Wow, nice little introduction there. And of course, we know that uh, Jacob lived in Egypt for 17 years. Very interesting, number 17. That's how old Joseph was when he was thrown into the pit. For those of you listening to this podcast, isn't it exciting to just hear this podcast about this wonderful story in the Bible? What a wonderful story about the seed of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And here you are, 3,500 years later, listening to this story that was written by Moshe, by Moses. And so it goes on to say, and of course, uh, Genesis 47, 29, uh, and the time drew nigh that Israel uh, must die. And he called his son Joseph and said unto him, If now I have found grace in thy sight, put, I pray thee, thy hand under my thigh, and deal kindly and truly with me. Bury me not, I pray thee, in Egypt. Wow, what an interesting thing, you know. So once again, this ritual of putting the hand under the thigh, you know, uh, it's part of the groin area, uh, to to be specific. And it was a gesture. Matter of fact, uh, Abraham had Eliezer do this. That's right. When he was going to find a wife... For his son Isaac, and of course we know that the uh, Eliezer, the servant from Damascus, uh, fulfilled that uh, that duty. And uh, it, why is this so important? It's because the seed of Israel is so important. The seed of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is so important. So it's interesting you mentioned the seed of Israel because it says here that Israel must die, and and I, I found that interesting, and I was kind of just mulling it over and thinking about it, and I was like, you know. Yeshua says some interesting things about how, you know, in order for the Comforter to come, the Holy Spirit to come, and for this message to spread, and for His power to be spread throughout the earth, that He has to go away. And so the person of Israel here is going to die. And we're seeing that story here, and it's kind of unfolding. But it's not until the person Israel dies that the nation of Israel can really be born, that he can then bestow that upon other people and that that can spread and become Abraham, bigger. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Israel. Right. right. And then, um, you know, and, and it, he says, you know, unless a, a, you know, a seed dies and falls to the ground, right, it can't, it can't grow and multiply. There's no fruit. Exactly right. And so we're, we're seeing that moment, and while we're, we're sad to see the, the story of, of Jacob, you know, coming to an end, um, we're excited that it's it's beginning something fresh and new through the blessings and through the posterity that he has. And what is it you always say that 
when somebody leaves the table, it makes room for someone else to come to the table? Yeah, when someone leaves the table, then somebody can come to the table. Yeah. That's, That's exciting. Cool. It is. You know, so there's chapter 47. We concluded that, Jacob's Last Wish. Uh, now we're going to move into Genesis chapter 48, and, and we're not going to read uh, any verses in that particular chapter, but basically the title is this, Jacob Gives His Blessing to Joseph's Two Sons. Now, why am I telling you that? Because in Genesis 49... You're going to be seeing Jacob gives a blessing to all his sons. Mm -hmm. So he's got a laser light focus here on Joseph's two sons. And so, of course, the uh, the question is, Ryan, uh, in Genesis 48, 4, what did God promise to give Jacob and his seed while he was in the land of Canaan? Uh, he says that uh, he'll he'll make a the of the a multitude of people and give this land to thy seed after thee for an everlasting possession. So I guess that's what God told him, right? And you know what this yep. podcast is for, everyone? Christians with Torah, you know, uh, one of the questions is actually on here. You know, why do some people want to go to Israel and some people don't? Right. You know, we'll just just get that right out of the gate there. And so some people don't care to go to Israel. They have no, no, no interest at all to go to Israel. But if you're listening to this podcast and you're a Christian with Torah, chances are you are drawn to the land. You are definitely excited about it. And whether you've been or not, or you plan on going or whatever, what what an incredible thing here. Well, to that point you make, right? So it says here that the promise that uh, God makes to Jacob that he's telling Joseph about when he was at Luz or Bethel is that he'll make him a multitude of people. Well, it, and that's all well and good, but if the multitude of people don't have anywhere to go and they don't have a land for themselves, what's the point in making a multitude of people? And so, what's what's a kingdom consist of? Right, exactly right. So in order to have uh, this posterity and this nation that's going to be built, they have to have a place. And so that's why the, the land is a tool, right? It's a, it's a, there's a purpose behind this land, and this is the land that God chose for this people, right? And so, of course, Jacob's going to get word that Joseph has two sons. And I love, I will read uh, Genesis 48, verse 5. And now thy two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, which were born into thee in the land of Egypt, before I came unto thee into Egypt, are mine. As Reuben and Simeon, they shall be mine. Wow. It's this power of adoption. He's, he's, taking, he's taking Joseph's two sons and making them as Reuben and Simeon. They shall be mine. So he's adopting them. He's bringing them right into the family, that they're a part of this. Because remember, Joseph had the coat of many colors. And by the way, this is all going to tie in. It's very interesting. We're seeing a lot of different things happening in the earth that are not kosher, as far as uh, racism and different things and prejudices. But the thing is, Joseph's coat of many colors, in the, in the Hebrew, it's many pieces right. of fabric. So like you could have like... It's it's different ethnic groups, yeah, different nationalities. Well, when you say multitude of people, this is not just this is a multitude of when it says multitude of nations, this is different ethnic groups. So it's a multitude of different nations. So black, brown, yellow, green. And we're going to get into that, right? Okay, okay. we're going to yeah. get into that. We yeah. are we are really going to get into that. Uh, he says they'll be mine as Reuben and Simeon. They shall be mine. You know what, what's significant about Reuben and Simeon? Well, Reuben was the firstborn. Reuben was the firstborn. Right. And, wow. And then Simeon was next. So he says right Reuben, here. Reuben, Simeon, Levi, then Judah. That's right. Born from Leah. Uh, and of course, he's going to go into uh, this because he's like, hey, listen, man, Joseph, I loved you. You know, I loved your mother, Rachel, and, and she died giving birth to, to Benjamin. Man, and I, I'm just so glad that, that I have you and Benjamin. I yeah. really loved Rachel. Yeah. Rachel, I loved your mother. And you know, and you have these two sons, and I just want to bring them in and make them part of the family because right. you know that's just the way it is. You know, he sees Rachel in them. 
Yes. He sees Rachel and them and those kids. Right. And, oh, if she could only be here to see this. And, and what does he do? He says, hey, listen, I buried Rachel in the way of Ephrath, which is Bethlehem. Yeah. You know, he, so he's reminiscing about, hey, you know, Rachel died giving birth to Benjamin. Yeah. You know, she gave her all. She gave her last breath. And, and I buried her in Bethlehem, you know. And then, of course, you know, when, when Joseph finally introduced his two sons to his father, he wanted to bless them. Yeah. He's like, yeah, you know. You got two sons. They're gonna. They're part of the family. Wow! You are continuing the love for Rachel that I have with with you, Joseph and Benjamin. And now you have these two kids, and he's very partial in that regard. But he sees things. He's also a prophet. So so. But but here's the thing. Israel's eyes were dim for age, so that he couldn't see. So so Israel brought Joseph's two sons near him as he kissed them and embraced them. Okay. And so he's going to give them this blessing. We know the blessing is so important that Esau. And Jacob wanted that blessing, you know, and here this blessing is getting ready to go to these two children out of nowhere. Yeah. He's going to just do something very specific here in this particular chapter. It's only two sons, not the other sons. And, and so basically, uh, Israel did something, uh, that upset Joseph. And, and basically if you look at the person, uh, Jacob, you know, sitting there, uh, to his right hand, he put Ephraim to his left hand. Uh, or to, to the right hand, he put Manasseh, the firstborn. To the left hand, he put Ephraim. Yeah. So remember, the, the blessing is coming from the right hand. Yeah. So if he's bringing Manasseh up to the right hand of, of Jacob, so we get this picture, Jacob crosses his hands, takes his right hand and puts it on Ephraim's head, and, and, and Joseph gets all jacked up and says, no, 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 Father, let it not be, let it not be, let it not be. And so this is the response that Jacob has in Genesis 48, verses 19 and 20. Write these verses down, folks, because these are power verses. These are verses that tell a wonderful story. And this is what it says. And his father refused and said, I know it, my son, I know it. He also shall become a people and he also shall be great. But truly his younger brother shall be greater than he and his seed shall become a multitude of nations in parentheses, a fullness. And he blessed them that day saying in thee shall Israel bless saying, God make thee as Ephraim and as Manasseh. And he set Ephraim before Manasseh. You know, it's interesting in the Hebrew, that blessing is Yesimcha, uh, Simcha Elohim, Manasseh, may God make you a symbol of the blessing as he did Ephraim and Manasseh. So wow, what an incredible blessing uh, right there. You know, it's right there. And he blessed them that day saying, in thee shall Israel bless, saying, God make thee as Ephraim and as Manasseh. And he set Ephraim before Manasseh. Ephraim means uh, doubly fruitful, fruitful. And of course, Manasseh means causing me to forget or to forget. So once again, Here's the thing that everyone is listening to right now. Check this out. The scriptures are very clear. Take the scriptures literally. He literally says, this little brother, Ephraim, is receiving the birthright. Right. Reuben had it and lost it. It went down the line to the point of Joseph getting this coat. And everyone knew what he was getting. So Jacob thought that he was dead. So there was really no air. Now, thank you, Holy Spirit. Right now, something's happening over the air here. Think about this now. So now he's like, well, who's going to be my heir? He never made that decision until Joseph's two sons came into his life. Yeah. Then the revelation hit him. I'm giving the birthright to Ephraim, which is going to become what? 
a multitude of nations or a fullness of the Gentiles, right? So check out Romans 11. Let's check this out. Let's just tie it in. I want to keep this simple for all of you because this is not replacement theology. This is the will and the word of God. What's the plan, right? And, and if you're not Jewish and you're drawn to the Hebrews of the Christian faith, you have to be able to explain the phenomenon of what is even happening. So even in Romans chapter 11, I'm going to read it to you. Because what, what are we trying to, to, to cue here, cue in on? We're trying to, to cue in on the multitude of nations or a fullness. So check this out. Romans eleven twenty five, And actually the caption is, all Israel shall be saved. Check this out. For I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery. And that's where we're ignorant. Lest you should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part is happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. Hmm. So what are they coming into? But into the covenants, mm-hmm. the covenants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jesus, the covenants of God, the Torah, the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith, they're coming in. They're not Jewish. And so all Israel shall be saved. Praise God. As it is written, there shall come out of Zion the deliverer and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. How do you turn ungodliness away from Jacob? Give them the Torah. It shows you what sin is. For this is my covenant unto them when I shall take away their sins. Now, this is where it's very, very interesting. As concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sakes. Right. But as touching the election, they are beloved for the Father's sakes. For the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. I went to verse 29 there. Yeah. So once again, Ryan, we're seeing that it's a mystery, but don't be ignorant because this is what's happening. This is what's happening with the fullness of the Gentiles coming in. Well, and he says, so So I'm going to back up a little bit. I want to... Because it says right there that Ephraim would become a multitude of nations, everyone. Yes. So those of you that are listening, there's a lot of false uh, doctrine out there. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, that the, the race of the true Jews are black yeah. or all these things. Remember, Joseph's coat had many colors. Oh, yeah. And I love the depiction of this picture of Yeshua with this robe on. Mm-hmm. And it's it's kind of a depiction of Joseph's coat of many colors. And it's got all the nation's flags on his robe. Oh, yeah. Have you ever seen that picture? I, and I've also seen flags that have that, like with the so, line of so Judah and the flag. remember being yeah. drawn to him. Now, I want to throw this in there, Ryan, then you can share, because this is the interesting thing. As we see the reconciliation of Jews and Gentiles all over the world, as we practice our faith uh uh, you know, independently, uh, Christianity versus Judaism. You know, we respect Judaism, but I love what he says in verse twenty-eight. As concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sakes. Yeah. So Ephraim has accepted Christ. Yeah. He's full gospel. Oh yeah. You know, he's the denominations. He's coming in. He, he, something's being deposited in his mind and his heart, which is the Torah. Right. And now he's he's coming out of the church. He's coming out of the denominations because he serves a covenant-keeping God. Right. And now he can't wander around aimlessly or go here or go there. Because remember, Jews don't synagogue hop. But people like to skip churches or just skip church altogether or community gatherings. And that's not what God is doing. He is gathering. He's not scattering. So I only bring this to, to your to your listening ear because it says right there that they're your enemies because you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior while in fact the Orthodox Jews are blinded to the Messiah. That's what the Apostle Paul says. I know I get into a little bit of an argument about that with, with them, but, but, but I respect that, that, that a decision for Christ is a personal decision. Yes. You know, and so we can't force Jesus Christ on the Jewish people, Yeshua. You know, yeah. we have to live it out, live our faith, and come alongside the Jewish people and respect Judaism. You can quote me on all this. I'm not going to edit this 
podcast, but I've, I've known this fact for over 20 years. So once again, this is, this is the, the beautiful thing. And last but not least, and Ryan's going to share, I, I want to throw this in there as well, because we have to answer the questions. Jeremiah 31, nine, the caption is a happy return. Oh yeah. It says they shall come with weeping and with supplications. Will I lead them? I will cause them to walk by the rivers of waters in a straight way, wherein they shall not stumble. For I am a father to Israel, and Ephraim is my firstborn. What? Now, this ain't no hierarchy. This is not replacement theology. No. You know, you're talking about the scepter versus the birthright. Yeah, it's different. And this is just what's happening, everyone. And and, and if, if you don't believe that, then, then I don't know what to tell you, because this is really simple to understand, uh, especially in the grafting in process. Matter of fact, even in Ephesians 2, I won't go there, but it talks about once you were far away, Christ has brought you near. Now you are part of the commonwealth of Israel. So as we come alongside the Jewish people and, and, and respect Judaism and respect them and, ha- and pray for the peace of Jerusalem and all these things, this is all part of God's plan. And I love it because the Jewish people, their hearts are opened up to this. There's, they're extending a hand, and we should take it. We should take it at this time, amen? And we should defend the Jewish people. They have a right to, to be in the land, to, to build homes and businesses, and to, and to have a Jewish state. I mean, really, a state that's, that's Israel. You know? And if we come alongside them and, 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 and don't bring harm, but practice our faith, whatever's going on, it's a beautiful thing, Ryan. Yeah. And that's what I'm seeing uh, on this end. So it, it is exciting, everyone. You know, it absolutely is. And, you know, this, these verses in Romans 11 are some key verses that, that talk about, really, when it boils down to it, your identity in Christ. You know, it says that, brethren, I would not have you be ignorant of this mystery. So how many of you think that when you hear those words that you should pay attention? I would not have you. Paul's telling you, I would not. I don't want you to be ignorant of this mystery. Right, that blindness in part, right? So it's partial blindness, not complete blindness. It's blindness in part has come to Israel. That's right. Now, what? Who is Israel? I guess is the question there. That's right? a good question. Who is Israel, and why you need to know? And why you need to know? So, but let's think of it this way: we're we're gonna we're gonna split Israel into two. I would say that this is talking about the whole house of Israel, right? The Christians who have been grafted into Israel are blind to Torah. And there's natural branches. And the Jews who are the natural branches, right? They're blind to Messiah. But we both have a partial blindness We're coming into this. We're both grafted into the same tree. Exactly right. And the root is Yeshua. And so then here's the question. When does the, when do the, when does the veil come off of the eyes of whomever, right? When the fullness of the Gentiles become in. So walk with me down a path here. So we're going to go back to Genesis chapter 48, and we're going to look at those verses 5 and 6, right? It says, um, And now thy two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, which were born unto thee in the land of Egypt, before I came unto thee into Egypt, are mine, as Reuben and Simeon, they shall be mine. So we see that he adopts them. He bypasses Joseph, uh, and he gives, uh, he adopts these two boys. But then he says this to Joseph. He says, And thy offspring which thou begettest after them shall be thine, they're going to be yours, and shall be called after the name of their brethren in their inheritance. There's a distinction. So now what's happening is now when you see these tribal lineups and you're wondering, well, where's Joseph in this lineup? But you see Ephraim and Manasseh, that's essentially Joseph there, right? Because it's it's going to them, and now they are going to be uh, heads of tribes uh, in effect here. So it's going to get passed down, and they're going to have an inheritance. So he adopts them as he adopts as he uh, as if they're Reuben and Simeon, first and second born, and they are going to get an inheritance. 
uh, and and the sons of Ephraim and Manasseh are going to get an inheritance. So he says it right there. So we're going to jump over to verse 15, and it says here, um, you know, uh, uh, Joseph and Jacob are having a conversation, and uh, it says that that Joseph had brought the boys up to Jacob wittingly, right? Remember when, he, when Pastor Nick just said he, they crossed their hands? He brings them wittingly, right? He knows what he's doing, but, but this is what, what, go, what goes on. In verse 15, it says, And he blessed Joseph and said, God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac did walk, the God which fed me all my life long unto this day, the angel which redeemed me from all evil, bless the lads and let my name be named on them, and the name of my fathers, Abraham and Isaac, and let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. So he's blessing them, and what does he give them? What is, What does he give them in verse 16? He gives them his name, the name Israel. So how does it, that when, when you look later on and you see that the kingdom split and you're wondering, well, if Judah has the scepter and they're, you know, this, this chief tribe with the king, David and all that, why are they considered Judah or Judea? Why are they called Judea? But the northern kingdom is called Israel. This is why the northern kingdom is called Israel, because the name Israel was given to Ephraim and, and Manasseh. And that's how we're, we're identified. And that's why after that split... When it says Israel, it's used to distinguish between Judah and Israel, or Judah and Ephraim, and not to be called, um, and not just a mixture. So that's why that's good. when you read the Bible and you see Israel and you think Jew, eh, there's a good chance that what you're reading actually means not the Jews, right? Because it's distinguishing between the northern kingdom and the well, southern there's a, kingdom. There's a place for for the wild branches and the natural branches, you know. And in in Genesis forty eight twenty one, Ryan, think about this though. To conclude that, because you made a good point. Yeah. So where did Israel say God was going to bring Joseph? He said, bring you again unto the land of your fathers. Right. So he's connecting a name with the land, with the people. And this is the mystery that we're seeing today. And once again, as we're sharing this podcast, this is how we, of course, express our faith. Yeah. This is how we're expressing our faith is through the scriptures, through the covenants made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. All right. Well, we're going to switch gears now, and we're going to go into Genesis chapter 49. And the title of this would be, Jacob gives a blessing to all his sons. Now, time doesn't permit us to go over each and every one of those. But of course, we're going to see the uh, blessing to all his sons in regards to Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Zebulun, Issachar, Dan, Gad, Asher, Naphtali, Joseph, and Benjamin. So what we want to kind of bring out in this particular uh, podcast or this particular portion of blessings over the sons are the two blessings given, of course, one to Judah and one to Joseph. And I'm going to have Ryan kind of read that and just share a little bit, and we're going to interject that and, and move on here. Yeah, so, I mean, this is very interesting uh, subject matter here. The, the, the blessings over the tribes, I think a lot of people can go through it and take a lot of stuff out of it. It just... It, it is what it is, but there's some certain things that we can pull out of that we know for certain have, have come to pass, are coming to pass, will come to pass, so to speak. And so we'll start with Judah's blessing. starts in verse 8, and it says, Judah, thou art he whom thy brethren shall praise. Thy hand shall be in the neck of thine enemies. Thy father's children shall bow down before thee. Judah is a lion's whelp. From the prey, my son, thou art gone up. He stooped down, he crouched as a lion, and as an old lion, who shall rouse him up? The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, 
until Shiloh come, and unto him shall the gathering of the people be, binding his foal unto the vine, and his donkey's colt unto the choice vine. He washed his garments in wine, and his clothes in the blood of grapes. His eyes shall be red with wine, and his teeth white with milk. Man, so interesting stuff here. You know, I think the the lines that we we read, we hear that Judah's a lion's whelp, right? You hear the lion of Judah, and you hear that that phraseology. Um, it's clear based on Shiloh, right? Um, in this in this passage, that the Messiah is going to come from the line or the the bloodline of Judah. So we know Messiah is coming from Judah. We know the scepter shall not depart from Judah. So this is why when we look at the kings of Israel, they come from the tribe of Judah. David, a Judite. Solomon, a Judite. Um, uh, Rehoboam, a Judite, right? All down the line, uh, the kings of Judea are from Judah. And saying the scepter shall not depart from Judah also lets us know that, hey, there's a future hope. This is, this is a promise to the Jewish people that the king of Israel is always going to be a Judean. That's good. Somebody from Judah. Now, who is our king? Our king is Yeshua. What That's tribe right. is he from? Judah. He's from Judah. So Messiah comes from Judah. The king comes from Judah. This is a messianic prophecy that we're seeing. Remember, all of the Torah and all of these things should point us to Messiah. And Messiah should point us to Torah, right? To his father, to the instructions that a loving father has given. And so Right after it says, uh, the scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until Shiloh come. And then it says here, and unto him shall the gathering of the people be. Now, I think this is very cool because who's in the land of Israel today? The Jewish people. That's right. Where, where, what's our hope? Where do we know that we're going to be gathered to? We're going to be gathered to the land, right? Yeah, we're drawn to it. So is, does it not make sense here that Unto him shall the gathering of the people be. You know, I've, I've to racked, a person. You know, you rack your brain. You think, you know, okay, listen. If Ephraim is the firstborn and has the birthright and the inheritance and all of this thing and the double portion and yada yada, it's going to become a multitude of nations. Why is it that Ephraim didn't go into the land first? This is the reason why, because the people are going to be gathered unto the king. And the same way that he he separated the kingdom or broke it apart is the same way that he brings it back together. Amen to that. So think about it. so in seven twenty two B C. Northern Kingdom goes into uh, Assyrian captivity. Right. And then, of course, what happens in 586 B.C.? Judah goes into captivity. So now we see Judah comes back into the land. 1948, Israel becomes a nation. May 14th, 1948. And then, of course, uh, what's following suit? Record number of Gentile tourists. Yeah, yeah. Now today, right? <laughs> to the land of Israel. No, it, it is interesting. So we'll be gathered unto Judah and unto the Messiah um, in the land of Israel and guess who's already there? Judah. And guess what tribe the Messiah is from? From Judah. So it's it just it all it all kind of comes together, and we can see that it's going to happen. So um, we're going to get the biggest blessing out of all these sons. Oh, Joseph! It's Joseph. Oh, by far. I mean, it's it's so detailed. So Ryan's going to read the, the blessing that 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 um, Jacob gives Joseph. Yes, and check it out. He got his own blessing right there with Ephraim and Manasseh, right? But then he gets a double blessing. He's just a blessed man. Come on, somebody. Man. It's a double portion. So it's a double blessing. He gets his own, and he gets the biggest one. So um, here's Joseph's blessing. It says, Joseph is a fruitful bow, even a fruitful bow by a well, whose branches run over the wall. The archers have sorely grieved him and shot at him and hated him, but his bow abode in strength. And the arms of his hands were made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. From thence is the shepherd, the stone of Israel. 
even by the God of thy father, who shall help thee, and by the Almighty, who shall bless thee with blessings of heaven above, blessings of the deep that lieth under, blessings of the breasts and of the womb. The blessings of thy father have prevailed above the blessings of my progenitors unto the utmost bound of the everlasting hills. They shall be on the head of Joseph and on the crown of the head of him that was separate from his brethren. Man, that is a good blessing. I mean, that is just, I mean, talk about this. Joseph is a fruitful bow. What does Ephraim mean? Fruitful. It means fruitful. Doubly fruitful. And even a fruitful bow by a well. So not just a fruitful bow, but a fruitful bow that has plenty of water to drink, right? That is not going anywhere anytime soon. That it's going to have sturdy, deep roots, whose branches run over the wall. Um, you know, I found it interesting because it talks about the archers have sorely grieved him and shot at him and hated him. You know, things happen in our lives and God puts us to the test and, and it seems like it's coming from other places. But it says here that that for Joseph, he says, his bow abode in strength. You know, Will Bowman, eh, just so happens that his name's Bowman, and there he is talking about the, the blessing over Joseph last night. But he talked about how Joseph's bow abode in strength. How is it easier to let go of the bow once you've stretched it out, or is it easier, or is it more difficult to, to hold it's it? It's harder to hold the bow. It's harder to hold the bow, but his bow abode in strength. You know, if we watch Joseph and it, as a picture of Christ, throughout the story of his life, and we watch Yeshua himself, we see forgiveness, we see uh, reconciliation, we Joseph see Joseph is love, a type of Messiah. We see all of these things. And then what does he do? When he has the chance, he withholds his wrath. So when his brother's at the end of his life here in, in, uh, in this Torah portion, which actually hasn't even gotten to this yet, but he withholds the wrath. He, when, when his father dies, he doesn't, you know, uh, go ahead and say, oh, you know what? Now I'm going to take my revenge on you. That's like, true. Like he, he had could. forgiveness. Forgiveness was already working through Joseph. And to me, that's holding his bow in strength. That's Amen? awesome. Yeah. I mean, think about it, everyone. This is this is an incredible story, you know, and especially the name Yosef. That's actually Nehemiah's middle name, my second son. Nehemiah Yosef, Y-O-S-E-F, you know, and Yosef is a very powerful name. Remember, that was the earthly father of Yeshua. Joseph. Yeah. Also, Joseph of Arimathea was a very reputable man, a, a, you know, a religious man, and basically gave his tomb that no one had been in and gave it to the Messiah. So uh, the name Joseph is a very, very, very good name. So as he's setting all this in order, setting all this in place, uh, Jacob wanted to be buried with his fathers in the cave that is in the field of Ephron the Heatite, the field of Machpelah, before Mamre in the land of Canaan, which is today the modern-day city of Hebron. Hebron, that's right, Hebron. And uh, from my understanding, there's there's thousands of Arabs there, but there's only a, you know, a few hundred Jews living there. This yeah. is a major city. What a biblical city is Hebron, you know? And we don't have time to get into all that. But like I said, uh, this is where he wanted to be buried. Yeah. And so, uh, so, so, Ryan, who were the five family members that Jacob wanted to be buried with? Um, well, he was buried with Abraham and Sarah, uh, Isaac and Rebecca, and then also Leah. But it's because Rachel. Yeah. Was you know, if you ever Bethlehem. get a chance to go on our YouTube channel, you'll see where uh, Beit Tehila goes to Hebron. A nice little video clip of seeing yeah. the uh, burial plots or the, you know, the the, the markers of of Abraham uh, and of course Sarah, and then of course you'll get to see Jacob and of course uh, Leah. Uh, as far as Isaac and Rebecca, that's like another portion, another section uh, that is very hard to get to, which is kind of funny. It's kind of like the it's promise. It's so funny. Because Isaac funny. is the promise, uh, 
But it's almost like you have to have, you know, special passes and times to go and see the markers for Isaac because and it's Rebecca. Palestinian control. Well, something on there's a lot of controversy yeah. to say the least. It's kind of like the Church of the Holy Sepulcher run by four different organizations, religious organizations. Oh, wow. That's tough. Yeah. You know, and so once again, uh, Hebron is a very powerful place. The first time I ever went there, my knees almost gave out on me. I was so weak. Wow. Because it's like 60 feet below me were buried the patriarchs and matriarchs. Incredible. And so uh, what an incredible story. He, he, he pulls in Ephraim and Manasseh. He adopts them. He blesses his children. He says where he wants to be buried. And now we're going to get into uh, Genesis chapter 50, which is Joseph comforts his brothers, and I'm going to turn it over to Mr. Ryan Cabrera in this portion. Uh, once again, Joseph comforts his brothers. Yeah, Joseph comforts his brother in chapter 50. Um, you know, it, it's interesting. He does a lot of weeping, right? So it says, when Jacob died, Joseph fell upon his father's face, wept upon him, and kissed him. So this is intimate, a common, affectionate. It is. He's very affectionate. Um, if you remember that, you know, when he saw his brothers, he wept and, and kissed them and all that. Um and interestingly, uh, because he knew his father wanted to be buried uh, outside of Egypt, Joseph commanded his physicians to embalm his father. And this would make it so that he could make the journey. And so the embalming process required 40 days. And um, the Egyptians mourned for Jacob for 70 days. So for 70 whole days, uh, three score and 10 days, they mourned for Jacob. So uh, at this point, you know, he, Joseph has responsibilities, but he wants to leave and go uh, and bury his father and, and, and basically take everybody with him to do the funeral over in uh, the land, over in Hebron. And so in order for him to go, he obviously had to, to clear it through Pharaoh. And uh, when he asked Pharaoh, uh, Pharaoh's response is, go up and bury thy father according as he made thee swear. And so, uh, again, uh, shows that Joseph had the favor of Pharaoh, which is great. And so uh, the three things that Joseph's house left in the land when they went to bury their father was the little ones, the flocks, and the herds. And so clearly they had enough favor that they felt comfortable uh, leaving these things behind. Absolutely, because they already made a life in Egypt. Right, and that those things would still be there when they came back. And so uh, they mourned, uh, the house of Joseph, I should say, mourned for Jacob another 70 days at the threshing. Sorry, I did 70, didn't I? Seven is the, the nations, but seven days. Yeah. Seven days at the threshing floor of Atad. And so they weeped Atad. That was my little joke last night. Oh, wow. <laughs> A-T-A-D. Wept, I should have said anyways. So after Joseph buried his father in the cave in the field of Machpelah, he finally returned to Egypt. And so um, this whole process was obviously a big to-do. We're talking 140 days uh, round trip, it sounds like, uh, at least, that this process uh, he went through. And so, uh, you know, when Joseph comes back, his uh, his brothers are kind of looking around because they think that, you know, finally the, the other shoe's going to drop and, and Joseph's going to hate them when he returns from burying their what, father. What comes to mind in that storyline? Remember what Esau said? Boy, when my father dies, yeah, I'm going to kill Jacob. Yep. So they're probably thinking, you know, along the same lines, man, Jacob's gone. He's the pillar of the community. He's the reason why we're here. Yeah. He kept it all together. Now Joseph is going to plot some revenge here. I mean, I mean, Ryan, you know, and those of you that are listening to this podcast know that when someone dies, a lot of our family goes south. Oh, yeah. Things happen where, um, like, why are you the executor of the will? You know, mom always did like you best. It was a Smothers Brothers. Yeah. And, of course, I know Generation uh, uh, 
X d- d- might know it a little bit or the, or the baby boomers, but the Smothers Brothers, mom always did like you best about the favoritism and different things. But I tell you, when, when, when family members die, family gets goofy. They get a little tutti-frutti on you and things start to happen. And like their, their, their true heart comes out. Things that they've harbored for years come out, yeah. you know. And so now they're thinking, man, now that Jacob's gone, you know, um, man, you know, Joseph's going to hate us. Yeah. He's going to get us. Oh, yeah. Because we know what's coming because you reap what you sow. We're going to get something's coming to us, you know, yeah. and, and continue on in this in this, in this this storyline. Well, I mean, so the brothers send a messenger to Joseph in verse 17, um, or 6, 15 through 17. And you know, they send him to Joseph asking for his forgiveness. And Joseph's response is, again, to weep. Yeah. Um, and this is what he tells his brothers in verse 21, which is, you know, it's pretty powerful. And again, this is a picture of what Yeshua does for us and, uh, and what we should do because we're followers of him. And it says, he says, now, therefore, fear ye not, I will nourish you and your little ones and be com- And he comforted them and spake kindly unto them. So not wow. only, not only are they receiving mercy right. and not receiving the punishment that is rightfully due them. But they're receiving grace because they're receiving the unmerited favor uh, of God through Joseph, that he is going to nourish them and take care of them, and he comforted them and spoke kindly and, to and, them. And a true testimony, Ryan, for, for Beit Tehillah is this. We wonder, have the Jewish people truly forgiven the Christians mm. for all the things that were done in the name of Jesus? Yeah. And there is a group of people coming out of Israel, the Jewish people, that are coming out saying, you know what? We forgive what, what Christianity has done to us. We forgive what things have been done to us in the name of Jesus. And we extend a hand to those that would give a hand to us to respect us and, and to come alongside us. And that's what's happening. You know, Judah approaches Joseph last week. Ryan, I'm actually witnessing this as an as a evangelical, as a pastor uh, that, that practices my Christian faith. I pray to the Father in Jesus' name. Uh, the Lord told me that the Jews are coming and you need to receive them. You need to extend a hand to them. You need to encourage them and bless them. And all of a sudden, these emails started coming. Orthodox Jews started coming from Israel, and that's what we're going to be having even even in this month. Uh, Aaron Katzoff is coming to visit with us for the first time, and he heard about us. And so once again, this this is network from the Land of Israel network is happening, uh, even among Christians and Jews. This reconciliation is taking place, Ryan, and there's no time to mourn. There's time to be happy and to be excited, you know. Oh, yeah. And I, and I think it's incredible, you know. And the thing about Joseph, as we move on in this story, Joseph was able to see Ephraim's children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren. Yeah, three generations. Isn't that amazing? And, and of course, Genesis chapter 50, verse 24, And Joseph said unto his brethren, I die, and God will surely visit you, and bring you out of this land unto the land which he swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Remember, the captivity in, in Egypt was already foretold, wasn't it? Right. They would go in as a family, and they would come out. As a right. nation, right? That uh, that's right. It, it was already spoken. so. Basically, I just want to kind of read that little that little prophecy, if if I can. Yeah, absolutely. You can. Uh, do, 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 do. Oh, let's go into Genesis with Abraham, because they know they can't stay in Egypt. Right. They just can't. So well, none of them wanted. They didn't even want their bones to stay in Egypt. Let's see here. All right, I'm looking for the uh, the scriptures here. Doo-doo-doo. Are you gonna help me find that uh, scripture? I can help you. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, here I found. Oh. It. I found it. Here we go. The Abrahamic Covenant, Genesis 15, verse 13. 
And he said unto Abram, Know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs, and shall serve them, and they shall afflict them four hundred years. So there's this prophecy. Now, now the question is, and it's a great question, did the children of Israel know about this prophecy, or did they forget? Who's doing the countdown? Remember the countdown? I do. You remember Daniel the prophet? He knew 70 years. They would be in captivity, and then they could come back. And he got all excited. He began to pray and fast and said, we're going to come out of this captivity, and we better do it right this time. Amen. Uh, and so, you know, Joseph required the children of Israel to make an oath that they would carry his bones out of Egypt. Ryan, do you want to go to Exodus 13, 19? And we'll jump ahead a little bit because this is kind of interesting. He's like, hey, you know, make sure you take my bones out of Egypt. Uh, there's been some documentaries that they believe that they have found the tomb of Joseph, different things. But check out Exodus 13, 19. He says, listen, I need you to carry my bones out of Egypt. Meaning Before. the ones that they carried them out of, because we know where they carried them too, right? Yeah, yeah, I just them. want you to make that cross-reference. So it says here, And Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, for he had straightly sworn the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, uh, and ye shall carry up my bones away hence with you. You know, it's interesting, going back to that question, Ryan, why is it some people want to go to Israel and some people don't? Right. It's Okay. Right. I mean, I, I talked to this one person. Oh, no, I don't want to go on a trip to Israel. I'd rather do an Alaskan cruise and watch the glaciers. Or melt. don't go there. That's dangerous. But but <laughs> we won't get into that. Get out of yeah. Here. The, 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 those 10 spies did a great job. Didn't they? Yeah. they died of a plague. Remember that yeah. your evil mouth and evil report will bring only a plague upon you. Yikes. You know, and the thing about it is and I want to throw this out to anybody that's listening to this podcast. It's interesting that those that are against the two houses don't even live it. Because they don't care. Yeah. But the ones that talk about it and know the scriptures are living it. Absolutely. So what does it matter? I'm not right. going to debate someone that's not going to live it. Mm-hmm. If I know who I am, right, then I can live it. Come on, somebody. This is exciting. So Joseph was, of course, uh, 110 years old when he died. He was embalmed and put in a coffin in Egypt. Um, and, of course, once again, Joseph was 110 years old when he died. He was embalmed embalmed. And put in a coffin in Egypt. Mike said something very interesting last night that was kind of funny. He said, you know, Jacob and Joseph were dying to go to Israel. <laughs> I know. I was thinking, that's pretty witty. I mean, you know, think yeah. about it, you know. Yeah. And and so here, here's a question, you know, and, and we'll just throw this out there to all of you listening. Who makes up the house of Joseph today? I mean, you know, and, and, and it's interesting, too, that Paul talks about one of his letters. Don't don't argue or fight over genealogy. You know, I pretty much did this DNA test and everything, and uh, it came back predominantly English or England, you know, which is kind of interesting. Uh, You know, Wales, Scottish, Irish, like 51%. Then it said, actually said 20% England, because, you know, there's different parts of, of, of of the Great Britain. And then, of course, I've got some Scandinavian in me and Eastern European uh, but but the bottom line is that you know we, we can't fight over genealogies you know we're we're non-Jews we're not Jewish but we're drawn to the things that that are Jewish you yeah. know but yet we hold to our Christian faith and so once again the question is who makes up the house of Joseph today you know what do you what do you think Ryan I see uh, that hand me I see that hand so it's 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 pretty cool I think I, I I'm gonna give you guys just a, a quick quick synopsis of. How does this relate to you? And the way that it relates to you is that the family of Israel goes into Egypt as a family. 
a bloodline, right? People that are only related because they're the children and the children's children and so on and so forth. When they leave Egypt, they leave as a nation, the nation of Israel. The nation of Israel is born in Egypt and then travels to the land. So with that mindset, Israel has always, and according to the Torah, taken on sojourners, people that join themselves, attach themselves to Israel. But moreover, and more than that, the prophecy of God is that the, the, the Israel, Ephraim, right? Because he gives, because Jacob gives the name Israel to Ephraim, that Ephraim would become a multitude of nations. And then we see here, as Paul is talking in Romans 11 about being grafted in, as Pastor Nick went through, the grafting in process, the grafting into what? The grafting into Israel. You know, Galatians 3.29 says that if you are in Christ, then you are the seed of Abraham and heirs according to the promise. What promise? The promise of the multitude of nations, the promise of the land, the promises given to Abraham. Bless those that bless you, curse those that curse you. These things are yours, and not just the blessings, but also the responsibility. Good um, point. You know, and it, and it's it's important to note that um, that it is only through Christ, only through Yeshua, that you become part of Israel, right? You read he, he mentioned a, a person. A, Ephesians two. Go and read Ephesians two. Those that were far off are now made nigh by what? By the blood of Christ, right? That he tears down the wall, right? The enmity separating what Jews from from Gentiles, those that are scattered, right? Those that have been scared, we know what happens to the northern kingdom, and we're not saying that you are in some way, shape, or form the bloodline descendant. This is descendant. no bloodline. Right. We're not saying It's whoever's that. attaining to the promise is accounted as the seed, right. Paul says. So in Romans apostle, 9. The apostle Paul was from the tribe of Benjamin. Right. Going to the house of Joseph. Right. The church, the Gentiles. Right. The evangelicals, the pagans, and, and pouring out a people for his name's sake. And, and I guess I have, I have a question for That's you. That's good. If, if, who is Ephraim? Who is he? Oh, wow. Well, I mean, who is he? If it, it Where's he's, he at? He's Where's not, Waldo? Well, first off, he's not Jewish because he's not from Judea. He's the northern kingdom. So we know that. Yeah. So if he's not Jewish and it's not the Jewish people, then who is Ephraim? We're telling you that you walk it all the way down the line, or you get all the way to Ezekiel 37 and the prophecies there, talking about the two sticks becoming one. It says, the children of Israel are the stick of Judah. And the house of Israel is the stick of Joseph or Ephraim, right? The house of Israel is the nation of Israel. It's those that were gathered and those attaining to the promise, those that are, are it's wild, it's all connected, yeah. wild branches grafted in. It's, it's about national citizenship, not necessarily about a bloodline uh, descendant, although both yeah. are applicable here. I mean, think about it. I just need you to get excited, Ryan. Um, That's all I want. I want you to get excited because I'm excited. I can barely hold this chair down. I mean, because it's the truth. You know, I got pastor friends and I, I asked them, I said, let me ask you guys a question. I said, how do you explain all of these non-Jews coming out of the nations with, with Torah and want to practice the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith? Yeah. They want to do Shabbat and the feast days. and the Torah. How do you explain this? One of my friends said to me, it has to be the Holy Spirit. That's right. Now think about this, everyone. Let's, let's understand the apostle Paul. Okay. He understood all this. Yeah. Like Yeshua said, I only came for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So why does the church want to act like some separate entity from the plan of God? So if you see this plan unfold, you were born for such a time as this. And if you don't practice your faith according to this podcast, 
then that's your faith. Right. But I highly recommend that you do because if, if Paul and Peter were saying, once you were not a people, where'd they get this reference from? Yeah. The book of Hosea. That's right. All right, so I'm going to just give you... Oh, did you want to share something? I'm going to give some quick verses real quick. And you just got you just got into it. this. What, like, what, six years ago? I'm just ago? saying, right, though, right. but if you're that excited, then I, I, I want to see what you're going to be like. I'm about day. to go Ric Flair. Woo! Woo! <laughs> All right, so um, here is Romans 9, 6 through 8, and then I'm going to read Ephesians 2. Um, and we have time. We do. I'm going to take the time. It is what it is. So uh, here it says uh, in Romans 9, 6 through 8, it says, Not as though the word of God hath none effect, for they are not all Israel which are of Israel. Okay, not to make it more confusing, right? Because when you start here in Israel, and you're like, who, who, what, where, is this the people? Is this the bloodline descendant? Who is this, right? So he's making the point, not all Israel, uh, not all are Israel, sorry, for they are not all Israel, which are of Israel, neither because they are the seed of Abraham, are they called children, but in Isaac shall thy seed be called. So he's, he's differentiating from Ishmael and from the sons of Keturah, right? Like uh, Midian and all those guys. But then here, verse eight, it says, that is they which are the children of the flesh are not the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted for the seed. And what's the word promise? Epigelia. It's a divine assurance right. of good. So God is putting all of this together, everyone. God is putting this all together. He absolutely is. And so let me expound on that a little bit because Paul does it. Actually, I don't even need to. Paul expounds on this in Ephesians, just in case you weren't clear and getting it. But Is that the New Testament? Um uh, Oy vey. Is there so such thing? Oh my goodness. <laughs> so here it says in Romans 2, verses 11. Ephesians 2. That's what I meant. You're uh, excited. Ephesians You're like me, two. just getting your words all jumbled up. And... 11. So we're starting <laughs> verse 11. It says, Wherefore oh. remember that ye, being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called circumcision in the flesh, made by hands. Okay, so meaning that the Jews called the Gentiles Gentiles. So... They called them when? In time past. So they used to be Gentiles, but now they're That's right. not in. Gentiles. You have an identity. It says that at that time, so before, right, you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. So we're contrasting the past from the present. But now. In Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace, who hath made both one, and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, what enmity? The enmity that was just described between Jews and Gentiles. Uh, the enmity, even the law and commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of two one new man, so making peace. And that he might reconcile both unto God in one body, by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to you which were afar off, and to them which were nigh. So he's preaching to both Jews and Gentiles. Who are the ones that are uh, are nigh? The Jews. Who are the ones that are not? The Gentiles. Uh, for though for through him we both have access by one Spirit unto the Father. Now, therefore, this is verse nineteen. Ye are no more strangers and foreigners. Strangers and foreigners from what? From the commonwealth of Israel, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. 
Hallelujah. Man, that's some good stuff there. Come on, somebody. I mean, you know, and, I didn't and even have to thing. make that up. Paul you know, wrote that. That that's that's good. You know, and and we're we're gonna close it out here. And of course, we always do with, of course, what two lessons can be learned from the Torah portion uh, via Chi and he lived. Uh, Genesis chapter 47, verse 28, all the way through chapter 50, verse 26, from a consensus of the group. Uh, I have one here. Uh, the house of Israel cannot be fully restored without forgiveness and humility. I just want to throw that out there as a closing thought. I like that. You so the house of Israel too? cannot be fully restored without forgiveness and humility. All right. So um, we're, we are going through what our two points. And so my two points this week were... Uh, your identity in Christ. I, I've heard, I've been a Christian for a long time, and I've heard teaching after teaching after teaching, and maybe not teachings about it, but people saying, your identity in Christ, your identity in Christ. Let me just give you some clarity here. Your identity in Christ is Israel. God is giving you the name. He's the root of the olive Israel. Yeshua, his blood covers you and makes you part of Israel. I don't know how much more clear I can be about that. But you only get to be Israel if you attain to it. If you want it, you can have it. If you don't want it, you leave it to the you side. You could be just a, another nation. You could just be another nation. All right. Another person. On that same vein, my second point is this. You have a responsibility to join into the effort of the reconciliation and the regathering of the whole house of Israel. Wow. That means gathering the others and letting them know the good news, right? The gospel. And joining with our brothers and sisters, the Jewish people, in our common causes. And respecting Judaism Amen. and respecting their faith. It's called mutual respect. Uh, so, so in closing here, we have a, a, a famous saying that we do, a little, a little statement uh, that, that comes from the Jewish people. Uh, when you finish a book of the Torah, a book of the Bible, whether it's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and it is, of course, it is Hazak, Hazak, Venish Hazik. Be strong, be strong, and may we be strengthened. Woohoo! Come on, somebody. Let's do it. Man, wow. Okay. I don't even know what to do with myself right now. I'm so excited. Drop the fall, mic. I'm going to fall off my chair. Um, praise God, you guys. We just love this stuff, as you can tell. I hope you guys get as much out of it as we do. Um, you know, if you want to reach out to me, if you have any questions about anything specific that we said today, uh, my email address is ryan at twopraise.net, and I would love to hear from you. Uh, also, you can live stream our services. Um, again, this weekend, we have uh, Pastor Matt Barber and Will Spires coming. And then on the, uh, the 20th, which is a Monday night, we actually have Aaron Katzoff who is coming, and uh, the Jerusalem Post describes him as a mix between uh, Indiana Jones and Moses, uh, doing some cool stuff, and uh, he is from the land of Israel and visiting us on the 20th, which is a Monday night at 7 p.m. So uh, if you uh, want to reach out to me, I already gave you the email address. You can call the office at 813-654-2222, and uh, don't forget to live stream us every Saturday on the Shabbat service, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. God bless you guys. Have a great week.